koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is koinonia. This is community. And now your host, Tom Brown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Vocab Malone. I am guest hosting today for Tom Brown, the illustrious, the debonair, the Don Juan, the savoir the suave, Tom Brown. It's funny because all those things I just said, if you ever see Tom Brown on the street, <laughs> you'll know that pretty much none of them are true. But it's fun to say. You see, you would never know that on the radio unless I just told you that. So let's just go with the illusion that I did in the beginning about Tom Brown and his magnificent reputation and appearance. <laughs> All right. Well, I am Vocab Malone. I love to guest host every now and then on his radio show, Koinonia. Koinonia is a Greek word, means community and fellowship. So Christians come together in community to discuss issues about the community, all of that for the community. We're on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk every Monday through Friday, 2 to 3 p.m., and we connect faith to life. Today, we are going to walk through some Bible passages. This is a Christian radio station, after all. What we're going to do is walk through a passage of Scripture that maybe you haven't looked at that much before. But I want to give you some time today to walk through it, to learn a true interpretation of it, and to be able to understand and combat potential false interpretations of it. In previous weeks, when I filled in for Tom Brown, I've discussed an issue that has been running wild in our urban communities called Hebrew Israelism. The Hebrew Israelites believe they are the true descendants of the tribes of Israel and believe they need to restore the nation of Israel by keeping the laws and making sure everybody knows that they're going to be judged by Yahweh And also uh, letting people know that the Jews that we think of Jews are actually fraudulent. There's a whole thing with it, but just know that it's growing. And we like to discuss it because it's not discussed in that many places. And here Tom Brown lets me kind of get away with murder. In fact, after today's show, I'm going to be murdering William, uh, the the engineer over there. Uh, So just so everyone knows. And Tom Brown will cover for me. It's all good. But in all seriousness, I want to introduce today's guest, So Real from Pittsburgh, PA. What up, So Real? How you doing, man? Welcome to Quinnia with Vocab Malone. What up? Hey, what up? How's everyone doing? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing all right. I'm going to start off by playing a YouTube video where a rabbi starts to discuss the passage we're going to discuss. This is Rabbi Asher Meza, and then we're going to comment out. I'm just going to play a minute of it right now. Here's the beginning of it. I want to analyze Deuteronomy 28.68. Now, this is the verse most used by the black Hebrew Israelites to justify that the original Israelites were black. Now, in the black Hebrew Israelites' favorite King James Version, it states in Deuteronomy 28:68, And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships. By the way whereof I spake unto thee, thou shalt not see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen, and no man shall buy you. Simple enough, right? Well- All right, that's our text today. 
Uh, Deuteronomy 28, we're especially going to focus on verse 68. I'm talking to So Real. He is my guest today. And what I'm going to do here, I'm going to turn on Periscope so you can actually watch some of this in the studio. The way to follow on Periscope is through at Vocab Malone. That's V-O-C-A-B-M-A-L-O-N-E. And then when So Real comes back, we're going to break down Deuteronomy 28 and find out what is its application. It's very important biblical text in the history of the nation of Israel. No doubt about that. But it's getting misused by this group called the Hebrew Israelites. And we want to discuss it with you today on 1360. And I think you're going to enjoy this show. So if you're if you're chilling at home, grab your Bibles. Open to Deuteronomy 28. You're going to dig it. All right, we're going to be back in a little bit. Do not go anywhere discussing Deuteronomy 28 and its misuse by the Hebrew Israelites. Vocab Malone sitting in for Tom Brown today. Don't go anywhere. Yo, 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 this is Vocab Malone. You are tuned into 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. Today, we are jumping into the Bible. Tom Brown lets me do that when I fill in, and I'm very glad about that. Specifically, Deuteronomy 28. And there's a a new movement that's growing in numbers called the Hebrew Israelites. And they like Deuteronomy 28 because they believe that it shows that only black Americans... And some other groups, but especially black Americans in relationship to the transatlantic slave trade, fulfill the curses of Deuteronomy 28. Let me play a little clip of this rabbi from YouTube discussing the video, and then I'm going to talk to my guest, So Real. Let me first put this verse into context. The Jews are about to enter the Holy Land of Israel. Moses is telling Israelites what will befall them if they turn away from the Lord. It says that if they do fall away, they will be taken to Egypt by ships, and that they will offer themselves as slaves, but no one will buy them. Clear as mud, right? Well, a black Hebrew Israelite will tell you, are you blind or do your racist eyes just don't want to see that the verse is clearly referring to the black man? Don't you see it? It's right in front of you. The keywords, slaves and ships and Egypt, which is a Hebrew word that means bondage or in other words, America. And when it says thou shalt not see it no more again, it means that we will never see the land of Israel again. And no man shall buy you means that only Jesus' sacrifice on the cross could redeem you. All right, I'm going to pick up with what he's saying, but that's the end of Deuteronomy 28 that he's discussing there. We're going to get to that verse last. That's verse 68 he's discussing. But right now, let's jump into the beginning of Deuteronomy 28. He gave a little bit of the background of the context, and my guest, all the way from Pittsburgh, PA, so real. You can find him on YouTube at youtube.com slash S-S-O-R-E-A-L. Let's talk about Deuteronomy 28. Do you want to start where? Verse 17? What do you think, man? Yeah, i tell you what. Let's start at verse 17. All right. Um, and just to go ahead and uh, give everybody a little bit of a warning out there, this is unfinished. Um, so what you're about to see or about to hear is a presentation that I'm still working on. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and get right to it. I'm going to show you that um, every verse that you look at is going to basically be fulfilled in the Old Testament. It says this in Deuteronomy 28, verse 17. It says, Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. In other words, thy dough board and thy kneading bowl. Now, if you go ahead and jump over to Haggai chapter 1, verse 6, 
and end up saying, ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but ye are not warm. And that earneth, you earn wages, but they're with bags with holes in them. And so the ironic thing is, is that this verse, this uh, book of Haggai was written in 520 BC. And that was uh, at least around the time of the captivity of Babylon, or at least a little after the time of the captivity of Babylon. That comes from Matthew Henry's um, commentary on the whole Bible. That's just one verse. So here is a curse being fulfilled right in the Old Testament. God did not wait 15 or 1800 or 1900 years to go ahead and curse uh, some people that, that are so far off that it might as well be an irrelevant curse. He didn't do that. Um, would you like me to go to another verse? Yeah, one more time. Can you explain the significance? Why is it significant to show everybody that a passage sure. like verse 17 of Deuteronomy 28 was fulfilled in Haggai 1.6? You just said it, but I want to reiterate, why is that important, especially in the context of what the Hebrew Israelites teach? Why is it important? Well, you know, I remember when I first heard this years ago, maybe back in 2010, they used to always say that, well— Look at our businesses. Look at our black businesses. They're barely doing anything at all. This is why we can't get by. Anything that they could use that's going on that's an issue in the black community, they'll try to use any curse in this book to go ahead and try to match up as the issue of why things are the way they are. Hence, they always say they're the, the cursed people. So that's the reason why you know they end up using at least this verse – in a store business kind of context, right? You know, or at least, um, you know, maybe you're working at your job, but you don't have enough to eat. So this verse says you've so much, but you bring in little. In other words, we're always behind. We're always in poverty. Right. Well, let's go to the very next verse, Deuteronomy twenty-eight, eighteen. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of the land, the increase of thine uh, of thy kind, your herds, and the flocks of thy sheep. Tell us about that verse in context, and do we see fulfilled in the OT? Okay, this is most definitely fulfilled. If anybody knows, Jeremiah actually escaped and fled to Egypt when the Babylonian captivity was taking place. And if you read any historical source, they will tell you that Jeremiah the prophet wrote lamentations. So, he, of course, he did. You know, think about it. It means lament, to cry, right, to be in great willing. This was written in 560 B.C., which is about 10 or 20 years after, the kept, um, after they were brought into Babylon. He says this, Lamentations chapter 2. Verses 11 and 12, my eyes are spent with weeping, my stomach churns, my bow is poured out unto the ground because of the destruction of the daughter of my people, because infants and babies cry in the streets of the city. They cry to their mothers saying, where is bread and wine? And they faint like a wounded man in the street of the city, and their life is poured out unto the mother's bosom. So you can already see here, it also says, um, although, it, yeah, it also says in Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, it also says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, um, neither shall fruit be in thy vines, the labor of the olive shall fail, 
and the and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. All these are just talking about um, you know terrible things that happen with the women, and also with the fields. And so when you look at Deuteronomy 28, what does it say? Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land. What did I just get done reading about women who have these children who are asking for bread? Women whose bile is poured out into the ground, right? Fields that yield no meat. I mean, so this stuff is is plain and clear. Once again, God did not wait 1900 years to just curse a people that are so far removed from the people in the Old Testament that it might as well be irrelevant. He didn't do that. Right. Let's talk a little bit about the book of Lamentations. We've quoted from that several times. It paints the picture of Judea during the captivity. The Chaldeans came in, destroyed it. Okay. And during that time, you have the weeping prophet. Uh, sometimes that's what he's nicknamed as. That's Jeremiah. And he writes this book of laments, hence lamentations. And this was predicted that would happen. Though God's prophets have been warning the people of Judah, the southern part of Israel, this was going to go down if they continued in idolatry, sin, and disobedience. And at the hands of the Babylonians, uh, it did happen. And so a lot of this is fulfilled then. And the point of what we're saying is today, you don't have to go to outside history to look to some other source. Now, you could do that perhaps in some places. We're not saying that these curses could only happen one time necessarily. They can be continued. We understand that. But the thing is, it's not like it hasn't happened in Israel's history. And there's a two-tier system, meaning if you see fulfilled prophecy in the pages of Scripture itself, you go from boom to boom right there in the Bible. That's always going to be superior because it's like a surefire thing that it's being fulfilled. Going to history is a little more capricious or dangerous. you got to be a little more cautious because it can get a little more arbitrary for you to say this event is a fulfillment of that when you're not directly being seen in an, in an inerrant text. You know what I'm saying? The newspaper is not the Bible is what I mean by that. And so we're just bringing this out because Hebrew Israelites, uh, this group, this movement that teaches about Deuteronomy 28 uh, in our cities – you can see him down there at Camelback in 19th here in Phoenix. They will utilize Deuteronomy 28 to convince the person on the street, if they're a black American, a Hispanic person, or a Native American, that they actually are the true Israelites. So that's why we're going through this. So real, joining me from Pittsburgh. You want to continue on there with Deuteronomy 28, verse 19? Let me read it, and then you want to rock it? Here's what it says. Yes, sir. Cursed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and cursed shalt thou be when thou goest out. What's that all about, man? What's going on with that one? <laughs> um, th- this is one of the most ambiguous verses. Um, I hear a lot of Hebrew Israelites just practically use this for anything because they have not the slightest idea of what it's talking about. And so, therefore, they can just peg this on to, to anything that they wish, any historical event uh, that they like. But there's another historical event that happened. In Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 5, which was written in 450 B.C., it says this, And in those times there was no peace to him that went out nor to him that came in. 
but great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. Now, after chapter 9 and ninth chapter, the remaining chapters of the second book contained a history of the separate kingdom of Judah to the time of the return from the Babylonian exile. So it just simply, it simply begs a question. Was this fulfilled in the Old Testament, or did God wait 3,600 years to curse a mixed multitude of people in the Americas? You tell me, yes or no. Now, just so everyone understands, when you say, did God wait 3,600 years, what are you referring to there? People may not catch the reference of what you're saying there. What I'm referring to is, did God wait so much of a long time that he chose not to do any cursings of the people that sinned in the Old Testament, the Jews. And then all of a sudden, he finally just decided to start cursing the Africans and African Americans with the transatlantic slave trade. Did he just skip over all of the Old Testament Jews and just start giving all the curses to people in America? Or did he actually fulfill those curses where we are reading in the Old Testament? The answer is an emphatic yes. I think it makes clear uh, common sense. Good point. I'm talking to So Real from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's got a great YouTube channel spelled S-S-O-R-E-A-L. My name is Vocab. I'm filling in for Tom Brown today on Quinnia Radio. We're discussing Deuteronomy 28 and the misuse of it by a group, a religious group known as the Hebrew Israelites, we want you to understand Deuteronomy 28 because it is very important in Israel's history and so you can be prepared for false interpretations you may hear when you're walking around getting off the light rail. Don't go anywhere. Back with my guest, So Real, discussing Deuteronomy 28, Vocab Alone. Welcome back to Koinonia Radio. This is Vocab Alone. I'm filling in for Tom Brown. You know who he is. He works for 1360 KPXQ, Faith Talk. <laughs> Connecting Faith to Life, broadcasting from Phoenix, Arizona. Sort of downtownish. You know, if you live in Chandler or Gilbert or Scottsdale, we're downtown. If you live downtown, downtown like I do, where I am now broadcasting from isn't quite downtown, but it's downtown enough to somebody who lives in the suburbs. If I say downtown, it works. You know what I'm saying? You guys follow all that? <laughs> now, check it out today. I want to make sure I give a social media shout out. You can follow us on Twitter at FaithTalk1360, FaithTalk1360. You can download our app at FaithTalk1360 right there in the App Store, and you can listen live right from your phone. You can also jump on the website to do that from your laptop, that type of thing, FaithTalk1360.com. And then, of course, on Facebook. Dot com slash faith talk 1360 you kind of get in the picture just kind of look for faith talk 1360 you'd be all right so i'm vocab malone filling today for tom brown like i said on quinity radio and i'm talking to so real out of pittsburgh pa he's got a great youtube channel s-s-o-r-e-a-l and he is helping me break down deuteronomy 28 at least as good as we can on the radio you know it's limited but we're still going to jump into the bible there's a group called the Hebrew Israelites, and they use Deuteronomy 28 to tell people walking on the streets, on their YouTube channels, uh, and their blogs on Facebook, to tell people that are um, black and brown living in America, basically. So those are black Americans, uh, folks in the Western Hemisphere whose, whose, whose ancestors were slaves, Native Americans, Hispanics, to tell them that they fulfill the promises 
uh, the curses rather of Deuteronomy 28, and no other people group does, and that this shows they're the true Israelites. So I'm going to play a little bit more from this YouTube video where Rabbi Asher Meza breaks down some of their Deuteronomy 28 breakdown, and then I'm going to talk to So Real and get into it further. I know it's a lot to take in, guys. Just take a breath. Hold on. It's all right. We're going to learn more about the Bible today, so it's worth it. Here's from the YouTube video. And don't you know your history that the only people that were traded on ships were blacks from Africa? So this clearly closes a case on who are the true Jews, the blacks. So what do you think? Does it make sense that this one verse solidifies the idea that the original Hebrews are black? Well, let's start from the beginning of the verse and test this hypothesis. All right, now we're not necessarily jumping in verse 68 yet. It's going to be our last verse we're going to get to. We've been covering a few other verses in the chapter itself, Deuteronomy 28, and that's where Yahweh basically says to Israel, listen, if you fulfill the covenant, you know, that's something that your heart seeks to do, and that you're obedient to the covenant, you're going to be blessed, and here's how you're going to be blessed. But if you don't, you're going to be cursed, and here's how you're going to be cursed. And Israel ended up getting blessed less and cursed more. So let's pick up. What's our next verse we want to hit up so real out of Deuteronomy 28? Uh, we are going to hit up verse 20, and this one is going to be a little bit significant. Um, I'm going to preach at you a little bit, but if, if you follow what I'm saying, um, then once again, it'll serve you very well to make sure that you're having a second look at these curses that people are just so sure that have happened um, in the Americas. Let me read so the verse, and then I'll let you give the interpretation the fulfillment. How's that sound? Here's 2820 of Deuteronomy. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of thy doings, whereby thou hast forsaken me. All right, was this fulfilled? What's the deal? Yes, this was fulfilled. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump over to Joshua. Now, before I read this verse, let me give you a little bit of background. The Israelites are just about to come into the promised land. Right. Moses has blessed Joshua to be the leader to lead them in. Before he leads them into the promised land, Joshua gives the people one warning. Guess what it is? He says this in Joshua chapter 23, verse 16. When ye have transgressed the covenant of the, of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods, and bowed yourselves to them, then shall the anger of the Lord be kindled against you, and ye shall perish quickly from off the good land which he, he has given you. Now, anybody knows that despite that little warning, what is the very next book after Joshua? Judges. Because that's exactly what happened when they went into the promised land. Everyone knows that when you read the book of Judges, it's like a merry-go-round. God set up a judge, and the judge kind of got a little um, – the judge kind of lost his way. The people end up going in idolatry. God let his hand go. His en- their enemies surrounded them. They prayed. They repented. God raised up another judge. And the story continues. That's exactly what Joshua warned the people against, uh, warned the people against before he ended up um, going in the promised land with him. 
Now, the other verse that I want to read or the other book I want to read is Isaiah chapter 51, verse 20. And it says this, The sons have fainted. They lie at the head of all the streets as a wild bull in a net. They are full of the fury of the Lord and the rebuke of thy God. So if any black Hebrew Israelites once again think that all this stuff is happened in the Americas, they're totally wrong. This stuff actually was fulfilled in the Old Testament. So I'm, I'm really hoping that if there's any black Hebrew Israelites out there that think that they are the true people of Israel and they think that they're from the, the bloodline of, of David or whatever, and they, they've actually had these curses fulfilled in them, they need to look twice at the Old Testament because every curse that God said he was going to do for their disobedience, it happened with those very people, not with generations of people later. So the point is that a lot of these curses were fulfilled right there in the pages of Scripture, yes. in the I mean, Old exactly. Testament. Exactly. You, you look, at, look at the word. It says, and rebuke. Right. Isaiah 51, verse 20, it says, rebuke of thy God. Which is it written— says um, unless they perish quickly— and yet you have Joshua twenty three sixteen. It says, "Perish quickly." Right. right. I think that that's as, as plain as it can get. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're saying is that God didn't wait thirty six hundred years. There, <laughs> we see this stuff happen in kind of what we might call obvious places, right there in the Old Testament. You just got to know your Old Testament. Let's go to <laughs> right. verse. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I just got to say this one more thing. You know what, vocab? It's like this. Imagine if you had a five-year-old daughter, and she did something really bad, and yet she didn't get punished for it until she was 18, which at that time she probably forgot about it. I mean, does that not sound foolish? Right. Well, sometimes I do wait until we get home from church to discipline some of my children. You know what I'm saying? We're there in service, (laughs) homeboys acting up, acting crazy, you know. And I say, hey, that's going to be a disciplinary measure when we get home, son. But uh, I, no, I wouldn't wait much longer than until we get home after church. But let's go to the next one, Deuteronomy 28, verses 21 and 22. I'll read them, and then so real, you show where we can see that these were fulfilled in the OT. Here it is, the Lord's word. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land, whither thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with a fever and with an inflammation and with an extreme burning, and with the sword and with blasting, and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Now, that one verse, extreme burning, that wasn't fulfilled until 2016 with Bernie Sanders. <laughs> the whole, you know, fill the burn. That's, I, from what I heard, reliable <laughs> biblical scholars, the extreme burning was finally fulfilled in Bernie Sanders. And he is Jewish. So, by the way, everyone, I'm just kidding. So that was that was a free joke. But okay, so real. Tell us about Deuteronomy 28, verse 21, 22. What's going on with that passage? Sure, I tell you what. This one, I don't even have to talk. I have three verses in front of me, and I'm just going to read them. And when I'm done, I won't have to say anything because that's how clear it is. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 15. So the Lord sent a pestilence upon Israel. From the morning even to the time appointed, and there died of the people from Dan even to Beersheba 70,000 men. 
Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 2. And it came to pass, and if they say unto thee, Whither shall we go forth? Then thou shalt tell them, Thus saith the Lord, Such as are for death, to death, and such as are for the sword, to the sword, and such as are for the famine, to the famine, and such as are for the captivity to the captivity. All right, so we read Second Samuel twenty four fifteen, Jeremiah fifteen two, and what we're saying is these are clear places in later Hebrew history where we see the curses Yahweh said would happen coming upon the Israelite people as they continue to be a disobedient people. And the reason why we're showing this is because we're saying you don't have to leap all the way to the transatlantic slave trade to try to say that's where they were fulfilled, like the Hebrew Israelites claim. Right? Okay, you got one more verse so real? Break it down. Jeremiah chapter 16, verse 4. They shall die of grievous deaths. They shall not be lamented, neither shall they be buried. But they shall be as dung upon the face of the earth, and they shall be consumed by the sword, and by famine, and by their carcasses shall be meat for the fowls of heaven, and for the beasts of the earth. And Does that not sound like right. Deuteronomy 28, verse 21 and 22? Yeah, and what we want this to be is uh, sort of instructional to folks who labor in this field, because I want to draw attention to the fact that there actually are a number of brothers and sisters on the Internet, a number of brothers and sisters among God's people out there in the streets, and they see things you might not see. For example, almost everyone listening right now who's probably had a Jehovah's Witness, right, knock on their door. Almost everybody's probably seen a Mormon. If you live in Phoenix, Arizona, especially you've seen guys in white shirts, black ties, rocking the bikes. But not all of you have met Hebrew Israelites. Two things. I'm going to say, if you live in the city, eventually you are going to meet one, and we want you to be prepared. But secondly, to those who have met them, we want this broadcast to be instructional and helpful for you. We want you to be able to write down these passages and say, you know what, Deuteronomy 28 has been fulfilled. I don't have to jump to some arbitrary event in history and look for fulfillment there. And the reason why we care about that is because the Hebrew-Israelite doctrine begins with the claim of Deuteronomy 28 being fulfilled in the transatlantic slave trade, but ends up in other false doctrine, such as Christ not being God, and a number of other things that are highly problematic. That's why we're going to discuss it today here on Koinonia. When we come back, we're going to jump into verse 57 and verse 68. I'm talking to Soul Real out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My name is Vocab. I'm filling in for Tom Brown on Koinonia Radio. The best is yet to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Koinonia Radio. Phoenix, Arizona to the world, ladies and gentlemen. 1360, that's the numbers. KPXQ, that's the letters. Faith Talk, that's the name. Connecting Faith and Life, that's the motto. Vocab Malone, that's the guest host. Tom Brown, that's the normal host. William, that's the engineer. And so real is today's guest. What's going on, man? <sighs> Life. Hey, you, you're from Pittsburgh, right? Oh, yeah, we bleed black and yellow. Tell us one thing about Pittsburgh, like, what's the food you got to eat if you go to PA and go to Pittsburgh? I already know about Philly, but if I'm going to Pittsburgh, what, yeah. do, I, what do I need to eat? 
Um, we're big on burgers. All right. We're definitely big on that. Um, I definitely know that the South Side is is one of our prized possessions. Uh, even the guy from Man vs. Food, it came down, and I forget what he ate. And of course, I, I think he won. But yeah, I think everyone remembers Man vs. Food. It was on the Travel Channel. He was a guy that traveled around and right. pretty much had to eat everything in sight. Okay, um, I know a yeah, few. So I have a few friends burgers. like that. <laughs> I have a few friends like yeah. that. You know, <laughs> travel around, try to eat everything in sight. Sometimes I think my kids are kind of like that. You know, except they don't do the traveling around; they just travel from you know their room to their fridge. But yeah. <laughs> hey, in uh, Pittsburgh, you got an Italian section of town there. I always like to ask. Uh, actually, we do. Um, it's called Bloomfield, Bloomfield, and Bloomfield has an amazing stretch of bakeries. Mm. Um, there's a little Catholic church in the corner. Um, there's even one place where I walked in and it felt old. I just said, Hey, how old is this, this meat market? He said, Oh yeah, this was about uh 73 years ago. It's about uh, so, 73 years ago or so. Uh, if yeah. you want a tour, I know a guy, uh, Hey, uh, Joey <laughs> two fingers, come over here and give this guy a tour. To pl- hey, how you doing son? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, yo, so real. Today we're discussing Deuteronomy 28. The reason why is it's important for anyone that cares about the scripture to know, first of all. Okay? Let's just get that clear. Because if you look through the Old Testament, this key concept in there is covenant. 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 That's an agreement. That's an arrangement that God makes on his own accord with his people. And he is always faithful. Israel not always faithful. Yahweh tells Israel, if you're faithful, here's what will happen. If you're not faithful, here's what will happen. And we're looking at the parts where they weren't faithful, and we're showing how they happened in their history. The reason why we're doing that is because there's a group called the Hebrew Israelites, and they say Deuteronomy 28 was only fulfilled or primarily fulfilled when the transatlantic slave trade went down. And so they use that idea to try to buy people – to get people to buy into the concept that black and brown Americans basically are the true Israelites. And those folks over there in Israel, those are all frauds and they're just doing a masquerade thing. But we want to show that the Hebrew Israelites don't really have Deuteronomy 28 correct. So so real. Let's pick up in verse 57 of Deuteronomy 28 and I'll read it and then I'll let you show where it got fulfilled. She will hide from them the afterbirth. And the new baby she is born, so that she herself can secretly eat them. She will have nothing else to eat during the siege and terrible distress that your enemy will inflict on all your towns. Quite a grave verse there. It is saying that you will be sieged by foreign powers there if you don't obey me. And that it will be so bad because when you're under siege, logistics breaks down and you can't get food and water in and out. It's going to be so bad, moms are going to have to hide their children, and they're going to eat them. So it's a prediction of cannibalism. Horrible, horrible text in a way. Um, But this is what sin brings. You know, sin does bring repercussions. Talk about the repercussions so real from Scripture itself. What you got, man? All right. Um, Unfortunately, this was fulfilled. And what I'm about to read to you, um, it's not going to be pretty. This comes from 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 28 and 29, and I'm going to be reading from, ironically, the New Living Translation. It says, And the king said to her, What is the matter with you? And she answered, 
This woman said to me, give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. So now this right here. Comes- she's upset because during the siege, she made a deal with her neighbor. Hey, uh, what's on the menu? How about today, my son, and tomorrow, your son? So they have boiled son. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm trying to make light of it just to lighten the mood a little bit here. It ain't really funny, but come on, guys, what do you do, right? There's no VeggieTales version of this. So uh, the next day, though, the lady says, hey, your son is next, and the, the woman hides her son. And so that's why the woman is sad. There's a lot of reasons to be sad in there. I'm not sure if that's the primary one, but it's clearly you see Deuteronomy 28:57 being fulfilled there in Second Kings chapter six. What about you? Got another passage exactly. you'd like to share, brother? Yes. So real. Yes, we're gonna go back to Lamentations. Yes, we're gonna go back to Lamentations, chapter four, <clears throat> verse ten. The hands of compassionate women boiled their own children they became food for them because of the destruction of the daughter of my people end quote and you know you can actually hear stories um i believe written by josephus and other people that say in the siege of jerusalem in 70 a.d the same thing happened right same thing right yeah So we see from the biblical text, but also from Jewish historians such as Josephus. Now, we only have a few minutes left, but let's look at verse 68. Throughout the broadcast today, I've been playing a video titled Deuteronomy 28:68: Disproving Black Hebrew Israelites. It's got 18,000 views right now by Rabbi Asher Meza, and he's going to read Deuteronomy 28:68 and say a little something about it, and then we're going to say a little bit something about it. All right, so here's him from the video, and then so real myself, we're going to comment on it. The Lord will send you back in ships to Egypt on a journey I said you should not make again. There you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. First, the Lord will send you back to Egypt in ships. Now, it's an arrogant statement to say that the word Egypt or Mitzrayim also means bondage in Hebrew, in this case referring to America. And they even try to back this up with one verse, Exodus 20, verse 2, where it states, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. That's it. It's ridiculous, huh? Out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage does not mean that Egypt means bondage. It even uses the two words here, Mitzrayim, which means Egypt, and Avadim, which means bondage. But don't take my word for it. Get a Strong's Concordance and research it yourself. When the word Egypt is used in the Bible, it always means the geographical place of Egypt. And the reason why that's important, I'm stopping the video there by Rabbi Asher Meza, is because the Hebrew Israelites say Deuteronomy 28:68 says that they're going to go back to Egypt. And they say that Egypt actually means any place where you're in slavery, house of bondage. And they'll say, okay, where was our house of bondage through the transatlantic slave trade? America 
or the Western Hemisphere, perhaps. And so they turn Egypt into that. So Egypt's not really taken literally there. And he's making the point that you never have Egypt used in the way the Hebrew Israelite group is saying that it is used. Nonetheless, let's look at verse 68. So real, you've got your notes here. What do you want to share from them to help our listeners better interpret Deuteronomy 28, verse 68? Okay, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm not going to get through this. All I can really tell you is that um, I, I have my sources here. I'll go through the names, but I'm not going to read all their writings. If anyone wants to know the sources or, or all the writings, I'll just give my email, S-S-O-R-E-A-L at gmail.com. Right. And from there, I will give you everything. Right, this cool. is what I have. I have Josephus. He was a Roman. He was a Jewish historian. Mm-hmm. I have a guy named Munter. He was a Roman historian. I also have another guy named Cassius Dio. He was a Roman historian who wrote. Yes, he wrote eighty volumes. I'm not kidding you. He wrote eighty volumes of actual um, Roman history. Um, I also have Hegesippus. This is another individual who died in the year 180. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read snippets of everybody. It says this for Hegesippus. It says this, because the soldiers were now uh, growing weary of bloodshed and whose survivors appeared constantly, Caesar orders to kill only those who offered armed resistance to take uh, alive all the rest. Yes, that's all the rest of Israel. And yes, when you read on, he continues to say, that they were put in put in ships and shipped to Egypt. There's another one, a guy named Cassius Dio. Just he let me read this. the actual quote. It says, of the rest, those who were over 17, he put in chains and sent to hard labor in Egypt. So that's from a Roman is. historian uh, talking about uh, the fall. Well, that what I just read, I think it's from Josephus, actually. That's not the part you're reading. Did I jump ahead? Yeah, I think I just jumped uh, ahead. Sorry about that. You were talking about... He- uh, Hegesibius, that's where it says a great many for sale. Okay, okay. And the uh, yep. Romans scornfully rejected the Jews as slaves. And Okay, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. I'll let you do it. You're the guest. My bad. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, <laughs> no, who that, else we got? That's quite okay. You know, that's all right. Um, I'll read here from Cassius Dio. Um, he said, quote, Few Jews remained alive. Fifty of their most strongest fortified cities of the and 985 of the best towns and villages were demolished. 580,000 died on the battlefield besides countless others who perished of hunger and pestilence. The the entire land of Judea was almost transformed into a barren wasteland. And that's from um, uh, 135 uh, that's not the 70 yes. AD battle. That's the 135 because there was a couple of times Jerusalem kind of got demolished under the Romans. All right, what else, what do you, what else we got? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I also have Munter. Munter was a Roman historian, and he had simply said, quote, Now, at the Batar had been captured, everything came under human control, while Palestine or Judah was reduced to a desolate mound. Captives were sold into slavery in numbers too great to count. Now, like I said, I could read the rest, but I know we got three minutes. Um, I will give you guys my sources. Here's what we'll do. We'll read one more when we come back, and then the show's going to be over because that's when we only got our three minutes left. 
So right. I'm Vocab Malone talking today to So Real, my guest from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He's a Christian apologist out there. And we're discussing the claims made by the Hebrew Israelites in relationship to their interpretation of Deuteronomy 28. And so far, what we've shown is that these passages that some people claim were only fulfilled in the slave trade are actually fulfilled in the Bible itself. This is Koinonia Radio, vocab alone in the studio, filling in for Tom Brown on 1360 KPXQ. Check us out on the website, Faith Talk 1360, and all social media channels. Been talking today to Christian apologists out there in Pittsburgh, So Real. Look at his YouTube channel, S-S-O-R-E-A-L. And we've been discussing the Hebrew Israelites, a group that claims that folks who were descended of slaves, such as black folks over here in the States, uh, as well as Native Americans and Hispanics over here, are the true Israelites, and everybody else is a fraud. And they use Deuteronomy 28 as their key text, and we've been walking through it today, showing how Deuteronomy 28 doesn't need to be fulfilled in the transatlantic slave trade. It's been fulfilled multiple times in Scripture itself, as well as in reliable Jewish history, such as Josephus. We've got one more quote we're going to read to that effect, speaking about verse 68 specifically, so real. Deuteronomy 28.68, we have one more quote we're going to read in relationship to that. Please share it with the audience, my brother. All right. This is my final quote. I'll read it, and then I'll give the source. It says this. Innumerable was a multitude of those who were sold away as slaves. At the annual market at Taranith of Hebron, they were offered for such sale in such numbers that a Jewish slave was of no more value than a horse. What could not be disposed of there was brought to Gaza and there sold unto um, and there sold or sent to Egypt on the way to which many died of hunger or of shipwreck. That comes from Emil Schurer, a history of the Jewish people in the times of Jesus Christ in Edinburgh, 1896, page 11. All right. I have one more question for you. Maybe you can answer it in 20 seconds. If not, I'm going to cut you off. Why is this issue important to you in the first place, brother? So real. Why are you doing this? You know, this is important because I just see a lot of a lot of African Americans that are looking for an identity within their religion, and I know that we as a people have been stripped of our culture and everything, and and that's a hunger that really does need to be fulfilled. Where can but it be fulfilled, it, though? It can be fulfilled. In your identity in Christ, who has your citizenship in heaven, when you are his son, one of the biggest salvation metaphors is adoption. Amen. That's true. Thank you so real for joining me today. Thanks, Mr. Engineer, for sitting in with us.